0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you this week, given that we, like the Big 12, are in many different time zones. We got a California guy, we got a we got a Utah guy, and we got a New York guy on the podcast today, so it's going to be a doozy. Uh, so we apologize for any technical difficulties that may result as a fact of Justin's terrible holiday in public Wi-Fi. Um Other than that, we have a lot of fun things to talk about today. Realignment news, this should hopefully be the last we talk about that, because I know we're all kind of tired of it. But the finality of it has occurred, and we have a lot of takes. It's going to be a lot of fun. After that, we have a Big Ten preview. The Big Ten is something that is going to be interesting this year. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So get ready for football season with us as we preview that. We also have football to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. Mm Mm-hmm and more and more. If you enjoy the episode, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter, at Loyal2RoyalPod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo! Go Tigers. But that field
1: judge on the far
0: side is in
1: their pocket,
2: man. Go <laughs>
1: for your death, strike. Let's back this boo <laughs> No! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go wild Let's 10. Go, baby! Let's go! I have
0: to be <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude! go! his butt! Go, 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 go!
1: Go! 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 Oh, go! 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 Go!
2: Welcome back in, listeners. That's right, it's me. I'm back. Let's go. Yeah, I'm sorry you have to hear my voice back. again. You thought you thought you got rid of me, but no, not so fast.
0: <laughs> not so fast, my friend. Don't no need to apologize, Dan. We are always down to listen to your smooth, sultry voice. Oh yeah, all the all the listeners wrote me off. I didn't write back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> um anyways let's get started with some packing tape for all of your boxes because we got some housekeeping to do and i just moved but let's do housekeeping
1: heck yeah we do have some housekeeping and uh i think i speak for all of us when we say this is the craziest realignment has ever been um oh, yeah. as much as we all <laughs> have had our fill on twitter the last like however many hours it's been last week uh, where it's just been going absolutely bonkers online. We do have to talk about it because now I think the dust has settled. At least the important dust, Stanford and the ACC can do whatever they want and no one will care. Um, (laughs) But the dust has settled. Um, The last time we were recording, we were thinking that maybe Arizona would jump ship as well to join Colorado in the Big 12. But the dominoes fell and it ended with, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah coming to the Big 12, joining BYU, Colorado, Houston, UCF, and Cincy as new members. And then in the further dumation of the Pac-12, the Oregon and Washington pair left to the Big 10. And this will all take place in 2024. So it is upon us. There is no waiting time. Um, Yeah, after the season, college football will be the most different it has ever, ever, ever been. Uh, And let's start off with just kind of a couple of the specifics. Um, The money, Oregon and Washington will be getting around 30 million plus a 1 million increase per year until 2030 when they become full members of the Big Ten. And that's like half, like less than half of what other Big Ten schools will be making. Um, And then with ASU Mm -hmm. Utah... And Arizona, they will all be making full shares automatically along with Colorado, which is kind of weird as a BYU fan because we got in last year or two years ago. And we just are – we have a ramp-up scale um, up until uh, the next contract kicks in in 2025. Um, But that was a deal done with the old commissioner, not Brett Yormark. So, obviously, things will be be a changing there. But I want to get your guys' thoughts. What are the pros and cons of this movement? What are your initial thoughts? Um, and we'll just we'll just start there and, and see where the conversation guides us because there's a lot to talk about here.
2: I have one initial thought about um the, the full shares versus partial shares, and it's that we're still big brothers to the u's, because in mm-hmm. their first year in the Pac-12, they didn't get any of the of the Pac-12 <laughs> shares, they got zero percent. <laughs> And then they went up to 50% the next year. So we still got a better deal than them. Now that they're coming from the Pac-12, you know they're getting a full share of the Big 12, which I think is expected. But yeah, I just thought that was a fun <laughs> fact that made me feel a little bit better as a BYU football fan.
1: Hey, I didn't know that. So that is a very fun fact. Something else we yeah. can hold over their heads.
0: Exactly. Yep, I did not know that either. That is very interesting to know. That is per source on Twitter. Per source. So
2: I I assume it's
0: true, but
2: I wouldn't put my mortgage on.
1: Basically all of this in the last week has been per (laughs) source.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I swear it wasn't until
0: Saturday until we got the official announcement. Mm -hmm. Realignment talk is just so toxic. There's always so many sources out there, so many blog posters out there that just, they've I don't know you get so much mixed information it's it's absolutely awful like like you were talking about last week Jared like you we kind of just wish that this stuff would be over until it (laughs) actually happens right yep I I don't know it's just obnoxious and as for realignment um do I care that BYU is getting less revenue this year than Utah no I don't like we've been getting less revenue for them for 15 years 20 years and we've still we still beat them last year so they can Mm -hmm. suck it it's literally just one year. Next year, we will have the exact same revenue split. So doesn't even matter. Um, not concerned about that. I am sad that sad and happy that the Pac-X was destroyed. Um, Oregon and it was and Washington destroyed. To the, yeah, it it, was it's dead. dead. It's dead. Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Does that make any sense to you guys? Just like m- money aside, like just from a football culture, school culture standpoint, does – Oregon and Washington and the Big Ten make any sense at all? Absolutely not.
2: No, it does not. And I think I, I sort of view this in two different ways. With the the Big Ten moves, I sort of look negatively on, but the Big 12 moves, I'm really excited about. Because I wouldn't you did join the Big 12. I was always hoping that You know, Utah would join and Colorado would join and the Arizonas would join. It makes sense for all the four corner schools to be together. And so, you know, I was just kind of anxious for it to happen and waiting for it to see. And it was fun to see, you know, all the dominoes fall. But with Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten, that to me is a little bit more cynical, I guess, in my (laughs) mind. It seems more like just purely a money move. And it seems a little more destructive to the spirit of college football. And maybe that's what you're referring to, Justin, but that's sort of how I feel about, you know, the two different conferences and the changes that they had.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me for Oregon and Washington to be there. I mean, that's just, you you had a lot of like Oregon softball players and other Olympic sport players speak out after the move saying, hey, Mm -hmm. yeah, cool, great for football, but you just screwed all of us who signed to play for a school and a conference where our families could watch us play. Now I have yeah. to fly to freaking New Jersey and play Rutgers on a Thursday afternoon, you know, <laughs> have to take your entire school week away for those people that aren't, that are in school to play school. Not, 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 uh, <laughs> not Cardale you know, Jones. Not the, exactly.
2: Joneses of the world.
0: <laughs> Not there to play school. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of weird. I do agree with you, Dan, though, Arizona, Arizona state, and Utah all coming to the big 12 with us. I think that just makes sense. I think it's awesome. can Love having those schools in there. You have traditional rivalries with Arizona State. With I mean, not a, not necessarily a rivalry. Arizona State dog walked us back in the whack days, about, mm. you know, before Lavell Edwards and everything. But I mean, schools that we've played before, and you get Utah as well. That you know we have that longstanding rivalry with as well. I think if they end up splitting us into pods, like those little four-team geographical pods, it would be so fun to play with Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. Oh my
1: God, that'd be so oh, fun. Yeah
0: throw Colorado. Why not? Like actual close games for BYU. I mean, Arizona state, isn't just like a hop and a skip away, but it's a short flight. You can easily get there. Lots of people have family there. Legion, easy, Mm -hmm. easy place for people to go play. I mean, Jared's got family there. I probably have some random cousin there. Dan probably (laughs) does. every, Every member of the church probably has some extended cousin living in Arizona. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a great place for BYU fans great to have them in the conference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do have a question for you guys though. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Is the real villain of realignment BYU? Hear me out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I want to hear the setup for this cuz that's an interesting question. I watched a video recently on the rise and the fall of the Western Athletic Conference, otherwise okay. known as the WAC. The WAC um, um, BYU joined a conference in the Mountain West. Them and a bunch of people left the WAC and formed the, Mount, formed the Mountain West, which ultimately led to the demise of the WAC and the FBS Kibby Dome. <laughs> oh, no. BYU joins the Big 12, and the conference that they are in goes and kills the Pac-12. So my question is, BYU has made in its last two conference moves, has inadvertently or purposefully, however you want to say it, killed another conference. (laughs) Does that make BYU the villain of realignment?
1: Mm. I don't know if I would say villain, but I would say they are the Purdue of conference realignment. We are the serial killers. (laughs) We just go after something and we kill it. Uh, no i don't know i i don't know if that makes us a villain uh i would hope that we don't jump conferences again and we don't have this problem again but who's to say 50 years down the road we don't make a move to the sec i'm not gonna rule that out
2: yeah i think if they were making a movie out of this and they were making it like based on historical events and not like actual historical events they can make BYU look like the villain and have the villain origin story where the Pac-12 <laughs> teams don't let them in and then they get all sad and go off and sort of go to the dark side. And then um, the yeah. US
1: Church, like, gets their fingers in everything. Oh, yeah. in They, they, they <laughs>
2: could go further with it. But I think in reality, the villains are more the USC's and the organs in the Pac-12. I think they hold a lot more responsibility for killing the conference than BYU does. Because the other teams didn't really leave until those teams started to. And, yeah, I think they're the real villains in this story.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, it's like the the whole Big Ten announcement. It was like, hey, we were thinking about adding Oregon and Washington, but we didn't want to be predatory. We didn't want to <laughs> cause these conferences
0: harm. It's like, mm. you
1: you started this. You were the reason. Yeah, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, but that kind of did you, in...
0: you guys hear how that meeting went down for the grant of rights? No. So Not as reported by Jason Jason Shear uh, of the um, 24/7 30. Sports Network, yeah, yeah. Wildcats 24/7 Sports Network at uh, Arizona. Apparently, everyone showed up to for that Pac-12 grant of rights, ready with ink dripping off the pen, ready to sign, and then Oregon and Washington just said um yeah never mind we're leaving and then arizona said <laughs> well frick it if you're leaving i'm leaving and then and then arizona state through a conniption fit started crying their ad <laughs> said that he refuses to go to morgantown west virginia oh my gosh. ended up signing <laughs> because arizona went and then utah was like fine i'll go i'll go live with big brother <laughs> so, I don't know. it was whack it was wacky.
2: yeah it's kind of crazy it they has- should make a documentary about it if they have like good
1: footage or something, honestly, they they probably that be, will. That would be a, a, ESPN a interesting ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would Netflix watch Untold. A...
1: Yes, I would watch a Netflix Untold eight-part miniseries about all this.
2: <laughs> Next pandemic, <laughs> they couldn't release it.
1: <laughs> um, I guess this leads us to kind of my final question: is is this good or bad for the sport of college football? Because, and it. I, I hate Twitter. I am kind of off Twitter right now because I'm sick of everybody just parroting takes and just you have the same like uh, confirmation cycle thing that Elon Musk does. Um, But (laughs) there was a lot of talk about how this is bad for the sport. There are lots of articles written about how college football is dying and this is like the nail in the coffin, yada, yada, yada. Do you guys think this is good or bad for the sport and why?
2: Mm
0: bad okay okay justin bad right away um i think part of what makes college football special right is the regionality of the sport regional Uh rivalries you have you know you're playing somebody you know you're playing somebody that week and you go to work you go to church you go to school you go to whatever and there's an alum or a fan or somebody of that other team that you're playing you know If I'm going, let's say I'm going to high school at Salem High School in in Oregon, you know, there's not going to be any freaking Rutgers alum or Rutgers fans there that I can trash (laughs) talk, you know. So that part of the sport is done. Regional rivalries are suffering because of this movement, right? And you see this with BYU kind of refusing to play Utah State now. There's a regional rivalry that has died because we have gone to an above conference, you know, air quote, air quote. I also think that you know all the travel, I, I, I kind of think is a non-factor. It is going to get expensive. It will build up, especially as travel prices continue. And uh, who knows if TV deals will keep going up and up like this or there will be a market correction. I just think n- right now, college football is focused on the money instead of focused on the health and well-being of its student athletes. It's not focused on regional rivalries and what makes college football special. It's focused on TV deals where, let's be honest, if you play Penn State versus Ohio State, will it be a good television product? Yes. Would it be a good television product with all those stands empty because now you know people aren't traveling to games? Which I guess Penn State, Ohio State isn't a great example. But, you know, like Oregon, Penn State, right? Nobody can travel for it. It's too far, all this stuff. You have a half-empty stadium that becomes – a worse TV product, and you're not gonna be able to get as much money out of it. It's not gonna be as fun of an atmosphere. It's gonna be bad for the players. It's going to be bad for the product of college football overall. I just I don't know. I'm a I'm a cynic like that. I think it's bad. Meanwhile, you have Florida State's athletic department involving uh private equity <laughs> in a publicly oh funded um athletic program, which you know the second you get that, all the other schools are gonna start doing it. Public capital, you know, private capital is gonna be all throughout the sport. They're going to be demanding profits. They don't care about anything else. And it's going to become a professionalized sport that will look nothing like it did in the past. So college football is changing in ways that I think are detrimental. But the only way to figure out whether the change is detrimental or not is to ride the wave and see what happens.
2: Yeah. Um, I just want to add, I think the new Big 12 is definitely good for the sport. Mm -hmm. That would be the most fun conference in the country. Amen. It's, it's deep, it's competitive, it's fun, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of brands that they're probably not the most historical brands, but they're just sort of some of the more passionate brands in general. But that being said, overall, the latest moves we've been talking about are definitely bad for college football, bad for college athletics in general, especially non-football sports. And... Yeah, it's it's been kind of a, a a mixed bag for me. I'm
1: I'm with you guys. I I think it's also a mixed bag for me because I think in the last like ten years, fifteen years, we've seen the death of the Big East. We saw the death of Texas, Texas A&M, Missouri, Kansas, uh, Pitt, West Virginia. Like a lot of these rivalries that college football was built on the in-person experience. Like Justin was saying. All of that has been going away as the sport has become more focused on money than the actual sport. Um, but I'm also with Dan that now that we're at this point, the only way that it can get better is to keep traveling down this road with the the foundation of college football at mind. And I feel like that's what's been happening in the Big 12. Like Dan said, like the additions to the Big 12, they, they make the – that is good for the sport. You have the holy war is back. You retain the territorial cup with Arizona State and Arizona. Uh Colorado's back in the footprint that it was originally was founded in, right? The Southwest. Um these moves I think help the sport. Uh Oregon and Washington to the pack to the Big Ten, I would even say help the sport because I think I agree. I I think overall it's a thumbs down, but I think It's better that people can watch Oregon and Washington play football than if they were hidden away on some Apple TV Plus subscription that no one is going to buy. Right. And for me, as a fan of the sport, I want these games to be visible. I want the teams and the brands to be visible to the public so you can still get that buy in from fans across the country. I agree there's no going back. It's never going to be as good as it used to be. But moving forward, this is the best way to do it because then these big brands, these teams with these huge fan bases, they still have the exposure to the national crowd that they wouldn't have gotten had they stayed in the Pac-10. Imagine not being able to watch Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Washington—like we wouldn't have been able to watch those teams. And I love the the dynamics of those teams and and the styles of football. Like I just I love the brands, um, and as a fan of the sport, I'm glad that they're staying on a channel that everybody will be able to watch. So yes, it's sad that it will never go back, but I think moving forward, if we could just let it sit for like 10 years and just not change anything, I think we'll all realize that it's maybe not quite as bad as we thought it was going to be. I don't know. That's just my two cents.
0: A couple things before we move on. First, Jared, you forgot, uh, what the heck is it called? Like the Rumble in the Rockies or something? The Rumble in the Rockies, uh, true. Oh boy. Story. <laughs> the storied rivalry. Um <laughs> Second of all, I'm not Rumble in the Rockies, no. Um, we, we've mentioned Utah is a member of the Big 12. BYU and Utah are conference foes once again after being conference foes in the WAC and the Mountain West and, and now in the Big 12. There's been a lot of debate on Twitter as to whether this was a good move or a bad move. You know BYU's presidency helping Utah into the conference instead of blocking them out like they did to us <laughs> however many years ago. So I want to hear your guys' opinions, Dan and Jared. Are you happy? Are you sad? Or are you so-so in the middle about Utah being in the Big 12?
2: Hmm. I have to say I'm happy about it. I think in terms of football strategy, it remains to be seen whether it's the best move because – if the Pac-12 crumbled and BYU did not allow Utah to enter the Big 12, Utah would be in a bad spot. Their program would probably decline, and we would sort of reap benefits from that with in-state recruits, mm-hmm. um, you know, fans, stuff like that, and that might be better for the program. However, for the spirit of college football and for BYU fans currently, I think it's definitely a better move to... You know, sort of rekindle the rivalry, reset things to how they used to be. You know, all the old people can be like, "Yes, it's like back in my day." You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> hey, that's uh, us and now. I, I think it is. It <laughs> yep. is good. I I am glad that BYU did what they did. I'll put it that way.
1: Dan, I'm with you. I'm absolutely stoked that Utah is back. Like I, as a college football purist, as a BYU fan, as someone who loves the sport and the game like having the Holy war back is what I've always wanted. Like that's the one thing I've always wanted ever since BYU independent is that we need to play Utah every year and it needs to be on rivalry weekend. If Brett Yormark doesn't schedule the Holy war every single year, and it's not on Thanksgiving weekend every year, I'm going to, I don't need, I'm going to march up to Capitol Hill and I will storm the Capitol because we need BYU to play Utah every single year rivalry weekend. And it's finally back. The college football as a sport is better when you have these rivalries. I don't care if Utah did us dirty. I don't, I don't care. I don't give two cents about that. I just want Utah back so we can play them. We can have that rivalry. So I'm totally in favor of it.
0: I agree too. I'm I'm totally in favor of Utah's athletic program being in the big 12. Am I in favor of Utah fans being in part of the (laughs) big 12 fan base? That's another debate, you know. Spe- there's, there's, there's definitely a loud minority on Twitter that if you just mute them, you'll be better off. Um, <laughs> yeah. There are a bunch of weirdos that think that Utah is an Ivy League, think that they are, like, members of the bourgeoisie or something. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's freaking weird, those people. I, I honestly yeah. don't understand them. But so like you guys were saying, the rivalry is healthy for college football the 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 holy war isn't something that just exists inside the state of utah the holy war is a highly rated rivalry on everybody's list i had some random high school teacher that like literally only played trumpet and band that's the only (laughs) reason he watched football and he told me that his favorite rivalry in college football is the holy war simply because of its name and apparently, he's also heard it called Church versus State. I've never heard it called oh, that. That's but hilarious. That that's a great <laughs> right. I also think that that's a great name oh, for the yeah. rivalry, Church versus State. I'm I'm totally down to rebrand it that if we need to. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great rivalry. People know it all across the nation. BYU Utah has always been fun to watch, and it will be even more fun to watch now that the games will be played in November instead of in September, where you always have that. Oh well our team wasn't fully developed yet or, yeah, play us towards the end of the year when we're at full force or, you know, or, you know, all that dumb stuff. (laughs) You finally get all playing fields equaled. You play in November. We're going to be going to games where it's like 15 degrees outside at 8, 15 (laughs) PM and BYU and Utah are still thrashing it out. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for it. If I could keep a few Utah fans out of the big 12, I'd be happy about it. But I've honestly also seen there's a lot of good Utah fans out there that are like, wow, like the past few days on Twitter, I've been interacting with people that actually care about sports in their conference. It's not just a bunch <laughs> of people that watch sports on the side while they do their research projects. So it's, it's, I think it's fun. Um, never going to say go Utes to my life. I'm always going to say down with the scroots But yep. it's going to be fun to see them in the conference. And I hope that they get absolutely dog walked because here's your friendly <laughs> reminder that they have not won an out-of-conference P5 game since like 2017 or something, and even that was a bowl game. Unless you <laughs> count BYU. Don't count BYU. Don't count BYU.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, technically we weren't P5, according to all the tough
0: Exactly, uh, exactly.
1: My last note on conference realignment is just to remember that the Ohio State mascot, Brutus Buckeye, broke all of this news first on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is the first and only time that a mascot will ever – Break conference realignment news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not the only time, but
1: yeah. Um, anyway, let's move ahead, shall we? Uh, Dan, now that you're back, you get to lead us into one of our fan favorite segments. Ooh, let's show. It's
2: it's, it's your favorite. Jared already said it. It's time for Through Headphones Virtually proper Football. Oh, I missed <laughs> that. I don't know if that hit the Whoa. same, but... Um, yeah. First things first. The Women's World Cup run is now over for the United States. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty I sad campaign. I
0: told you so. I told you so.
1: Justin was on
2: it. Yep, Justin was, was on him. <laughs> I, I heard last episode, uh, he smelled a rat, and... <laughs> rat was found. (laughs) rat was found. Oh, man. Yeah, we we played Sweden, the number three team in the world. We actually played our best game of the tournament, ironically. Which is weird. Scoring no goals. We looked like the clear better team. Couldn't get a goal across. Their keeper stood on her head. Oh, yes. And it went to penalties. And that is where we absolutely laid an egg. Um, Missed, like, we had two chances to win the game with the made penalty, and we missed both of them.
1: <laughs> and not only did we miss both of them, we missed the completely, we yeah. missed the frame, we missed the stadium. Not even on
0: friends. on goal. Rapinoe's ball still sad. hasn't landed. I hear it's still in <laughs> orbit. It's in orbit yeah.
1: now?
2: <laughs> and then, when we missed our maybe second or third penalty, they had a chance to win it. And our keeper saved it. It sort of like bounced up in the air after she saved it. She reached one arm out and swatted it out of the goal. And people were like, okay, she saved it. And then the ref was like, okay, we're going to review it. And then everyone was just watching for a second. And then Sweden just starts celebrating out of nowhere. (laughs) You don't know what's happening. And it turns out they got a review that the ball was over the line by like a millimeter. The penalty counted, Sweden won. It was a man. What a way to go out.
0: Indeed, that is... can I can I just add a note here? Like, of course, how the heck does proper football have this technology, but we can't figure out whether or not a ball across the goal line? I know they do right? have the. They
1: they oh, have sorry. insane tech, sorry. insane. Yeah. they have they have Stark tech. Over I think there they
2: have, the have it. Someone Cup. was saying they have it in basketball too, or something. I'm not sure. Just to make sure but the tennis. ball goes
0: all the way tennis through. Tennis is mat. incredible.
2: Or tennis. Yeah, tennis. Tennis is it. insane.
0: Yeah, tennis, like that ball is moving so quick and it can tell by like half millimeters whether or not the ball was in.
2: Yeah, and the, the challenges take like 10 okay. seconds of tennis. <laughs> it's so nice.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just wholeheartedly disappointed in the women's national team. It was yeah. from the very start, you could just tell we didn't have it. Um, And not only was it a bad tournament, it was a bad tournament. This is our earliest elimination ever in the Women's World Cup. Mm. Um, And we went almost four hours without a goal, which is not only the longest streak in women's national team history, but it is also the longest streak without a goal ever in all of Women's World Cup. That's that's bonkers. Bonkers. I... Yikes. Yeah, yikes. <laughs>
2: um, you guys saw what Greg Rebel had to say about Ashley Hatch. Um, he he was he was laid it on pretty thick there. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> criticizing the coach Vlatko for taking you know old players past their prime or young <laughs> players who he didn't even use instead of Ashley Hatch, who's a proven goal scorer and you know they couldn't score a goal somehow. Imagine huh. that. Huh? Yeah, I do have to say the players are getting a lot of criticism for this performance, but I think the the coach deserves a lot more because this team has been poorly managed, one, at the World Cup, but also for several months leading up to the World Cup. I mean, we had had plenty of time to prepare for these games, to figure out our lineups, figure out how to play together, but somehow we didn't end. In the World Cup, we used lineups that we had never used previously, which is not a good strategy. What are you doing? <laughs> Why would you have what? to do that? It, it's bad. We, our preparation was very poor leading up to what we played. A few good European teams and friendlies: Germany, Spain, England. We didn't look very good. We should have seen this coming, <laughs> but we couldn't figure it out. Our our lineups. We couldn't figure him out. Our, our tactics, we couldn't figure him out. The players, none of them performed particularly well. So they have to have some responsibility. But if the whole team is not playing well, that falls on the coach to figure it out. He had plenty of time to do so, and he failed. So at the end of the day, um, if you have to blame one person, it's going to be Vladko.
1: Hashtag Vladco out,
2: right? Vladko out.
1: Uh, Ted Lasso, is he still coaching his kid's little league team? How old is his kid? Like, can we grab Ted Lasso over here? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that would yield much greater results than... He has
2: proven success in the yes. Premier League.
1: Exactly. exactly. He almost <laughs> won the whole effing thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Olympics are next year. Okay. Let's right the ship.
1: Yes. And by right the ship... Overboard with Vladko. Plank, <laughs> I hope <baby>. so. <laughs> yes.
2: Vladko out, hatched in. Yes. We're there.
1: there hey, Amen. One for one trade. Uh, let's move yes. along with some other proper football. Um, in the MOLS, the MLS, uh, MLS. things. Dan, you have to explain League's Cup to us because we've been grasping at straws. Oh, sport. yeah. That
0: makes no sense. RSL like,
1: got destroyed but still made it. I don't... Explain it. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah,
2: I'll give you a little rundown. Leagues Cup is a tournament between MLS and the Mexican League Liga oh. MX, I believe they call it. You know, I love the Equis. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's those two leagues. They have a tournament. They they pause MLS and only play this tournament. Okay. I don't really know the point of it. Probably just to make money, more games, more competitive games. It's sort of a Strategic partnership between MLS and Liga MX, maybe okay. like a Big Twelve um, ACC challenge or something like that.
1: Like colonial superiority, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, yeah, maybe you can look at <laughs> it that way. The winner or the top three teams get qualifications to the Concacaf Champions League. Oh, not sick. The for Champions League, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but they—that's basically what the teams are playing for. Those. Those spots plus, you know, the payouts. And yeah, our, there's three team groups instead of mm. 14 groups like the World Cup usually is. And the top two teams from each group advance. So you only play two games and then somehow the groups get sorted out after two games. There's a lot <laughs> of tiebreakers, a lot of goal differential. That's weird. Hopefully the tiebreakers you'll get far down as the fair play award. <laughs> and you know the team with the least yellow cards, it's to move on or something. I don't think that happened, but that was one of the tiebreakers. But uh, yeah, that's this Cup. RSL, they their group was actually pretty tough. They had Seattle and Monterey. Was it?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember so.
2: which Mexican team, but it was the best Mexican team and the Seattle Sounders.
1: Oh wow!
2: And we destroyed these Seattle Sounders. As we have been accustomed to doing. (laughs) Thankfully, even though they're one of the better teams in MLS, and we got destroyed by the best Mexican team (laughs) because they, I don't know, they're just kind of on another level. But somehow our goal differential was enough to move on and be one of the two teams to advance. We'll take it. And we haven't looked back. We won our first knockout game, and we have another game tomorrow against LAFC.
1: All right. Uh is this one that we're putting a lot of stock into, Dan? Like are we trying to win this thing? Or or we are, yes. Okay. Because so MLS level.
2: is paused, you know, we're playing our, our first team. We're trying to win it. We want those Champions League berths. It's it's really all we have to play for right now. So yeah, we're trying to win it starting with the West. Eventually, if we get far enough, we will have to play Inter Miami out east because they are looking <laughs> unstoppable with their newest player, Lionel Messi.
1: Might have heard of him.
2: Yeah. He's pretty good. Have you guys seen any of any of his clips?
1: Dude, I swear, every time I open Twitter, there's like three new ones. I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me?
2: <laughs> he's going insane. He's been there for four games, and he's already their Messi's leading good. scorer <laughs> with seven goals. He's the leading scorer of the, the League's Cup tournament. Okay. Sh- Gosh, he-, <laughs> he just joined the team, and he's the GOAT still, and it's still crazy that he's in, in MLS. Shout out to Apple for <laughs> making it possible, and Adidas, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it.
1: There is nothing better than a messy highlight. A free kick that kisses both the top bar and the side bar as it goes oh, in. Oh, man. Holy balls, that man He's so good. He's a freaking wizard. I, ridiculous. It's,
0: ridiculous.
1: It's not even funny watching it. It's just like it's like when you play a video game and you're just like on easy. Bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. That's that's messy.
2: Yeah, he does make it look so easy. It's it's pretty wild. There's the next rumor is Neymar coming to MLS. Oh. He's unhappy at PSG. Okay. Um maybe you've heard something like that before about Neymar being unhappy somewhere. <laughs> He's sort of the, the Kyrie or the James Harden of <laughs> soccer. But people are saying he'll be coming to New York City FC, which I would not mind. Have him around. See <laughs> see him play, maybe. But yeah, MLS is getting a lot of momentum on the world stage.
0: Oh shoot. <laughs>
1: Um, Dan, do we have a U.S. men's national team
2: update? Um, yes, just the one update we have is that Yunus Musa has escaped Valencia. Escape is, is joining Christian Pulisic, 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 and AC Milan. Okay, so their teammates on the club. There's also a pair of teammates on another team in Italy, so that's definitely the league to watch for American soccer fans.
1: Uh, If I remember right, uh, doesn't ESPN have the rights to Serie A? Oh, no. It's Paramount+. Yes, it's moved to Paramount+. Plus. Okay, I'm going to have to get some Paramount+, then, I guess. Yeah. That's good to know, though. That's all the
2: proper football updates that I have.
1: Okay. I mean, that was probably – okay, not probably. Definitely our best proper football segment we've had in, like, a month. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, Dan brings a level of expertise that neither I or Justin can even approximate. So,
2: yep, oh, mm-hmm. it's it's still so fun to listen to. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll just every time Dan comes on, he'll just write whatever me and Justin have said <laughs> uh, in the past couple. Oh, just do some cleanup. <laughs> yeah, some cleanup. Um, <laughs> but speaking of football, it it is football season. Uh, Zach Wilson had his first game as a oh, baby. backup officially. He's back. Um, I wish he'd been a backup for a while because he was balling out, had that nice throw, yeah. and also fell on his face. Turf monster. <laughs> Turf uh, monster. But we do have college football in 18 days, baby. 17 from when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is incredibly short, guys. We are almost there. Um, Week zero. We're the- there. Notre Dame, we we basically are there.
2: We're on the doorstep.
1: Uh, and then BYU. We're knocking. We're knocking later. Twenty five days from when you're listening to this. Um, but today we're here to talk about the Big Ten. Uh, for 2023, we're not going to include USC or UCLA. We're not going to include Oregon, Washington. But we are here to talk about that Big Ten. Are you guys ready for some win totals, little conference preview action? let's do it all right get it uh a quick overview of the big Ten uh the big 10 is generally in the Midwest as 14 <laughs> teams two divisions not the leaders and Legends as it used to be as it was uh lo- lovingly uh known as uh no but they have the East and the West division one division is slightly harder than the other division you will find out why coming up they have nine <laughs> exactly. conference games as you should and the reigning champion is that team up north. Uh, shall we head into the win totals?
2: Let's shall. Let's, let's go get through it.
1: it. Let's, let's do it. it. Let's start alphabetically, yeah. shall we? Which is kind of weird in the Big Ten because your first team, alphabetically speaking, is Illinois. Uh, <laughs> six, and half, six and a half wins, uh, says Vegas, on this year. Their non-con includes Toledo, a trip to Kansas, oh. and FAU. Um, a couple of the highlights: They play at Iowa, at Minnesota, at Maryland, and they get Wisconsin and Nebraska at home, as well as an early cross divisional against Penn State. Uh, Justin, why don't you start us off? Six and a half, Illinois fighting Illini.
0: Okay. Yeah, hopefully this gets through. My Wi-Fi has been kind of struggling. Um, I am at I am using the free Wi-Fi at a Holiday Inn in Pleasanton, California, at the moment. Uh, I'm on the road again, so I would say I'm in Pac-X country, but who knows where Stanford and Cal are going to be. I'm in that <laughs> Bay Area. Anyway, Illinois, the fighting Illini. Went total set at six and a half. I'm going over on the Illini. I'm a big believer in Brett Bielema and his physical brand of football. Bielema. I actually really like him. I think he's just kind of – he's what I feel a Big Ten football coach should be. He's <laughs> what a Big Ten football coach should look like. He acts like how a Big Ten football coach should act like, especially in the Big Ten West. If you ask this guy about passing the ball, he doesn't know what it is. He hires somebody else to draw all of the passing plays. That's what I love about Brett Bielema. You know, a trip to Kansas, I think, is definitely hard. But, you know, you get to go. You get Wisconsin at home. You get Indiana at home. You get Northwestern at home. I think those are all winnable games. And then you also probably win a game here or there on the road as well. I think that's enough to put them at seven. I'm going over.
2: Yeah, I also went with the over. I think that game at Kansas is going to be a fun one, I think. Just a fun, you know, two power five teams from different conferences squaring up. You always love to see that. Illinois started off very hot last year, mm-hmm. you remember? They were ranked at some point, I believe. Um, and then they sort of fell off and lost four of their last five. So it's really hard to say how they'll look this year. But I do think they'll um, they'll get up to seven games, hit that over, hopefully win at Kansas, beat uh, big, a couple Big Ten teams like Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, and get to that threshold.
1: All right. I'm actually on the under here. Um, and mm. here's why. I, like They were really good last year. Um, they had Chase Brown at running back who was an absolute unit um, and they do replace him with a couple of good solid backs. Their quarterback is Luke Altmer from Ole Miss, but the defense is what gives me pause. They don't have a bunch of good players in the secondary. And so I think they drop one to Kansas. I think they could lose to Maryland. Uh, I think Maryland could outshoot them. And then I think it's going to come down to whether or not you can beat Minnesota, but because it's on the road, I'm going to give that one to Minnesota. I'm going to go six wins here, but they do come off the bye for that Minnesota game, so I wouldn't be surprised with an over, but I'm going to slightly lean to the under here.
2: Fair enough. And let's move on to another team that starts with I, One, uh, the second of three. <laughs> this is Basketball School, Indiana.
1: Definitely, definitely Basketball School.
2: What do you guys think about this one? The over/under is set at four even. You guys think they'll exceed that or will they fall short?
1: Uh, Uh, kind of like you said, Dan. Like it's a basketball school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, show me the wins. Uh, I only see three. Um, maybe four. I see Indiana State, a dub, Akron, a dub, and Rutgers, a dub. I. I really am not seeing another dub on there. Maybe you beat Purdue or Michigan State late in the season, but I think then maybe everyone's checked out. I don't know. I'm going under, and I'm pretty confident here.
0: I'm also going under. I'm not as confident on it. Like, I'll I'll take a push. I think maybe they get the four wins. If they were going to go over, they would have to get a dumb victory. Indiana is a dumb school, but not a fun dumb. They're just a boring dumb. They don't win dumb games. They just they lose all their dumb games that they should lose because they're dumb. Um, yeah, I don't know basketball school losers not on top. Go in under.
2: I'm going under as well. I'm very bearish on this Indiana team. Their non-con includes home against Indiana State, oh. neutral versus Louisville, Louisville, neutral. and home against Akron. And I think they win two of those games. Losing to Louisville, and then they don't win another game for the rest of the season. <laughs> Ooh, dang. <laughs> That's just how I feel about Indiana. They'll finish well below four wins. Oof. Saying a lot.
0: Ooh. All right. Let's move on to that third eye. We're going third eye blind right here. We got Ooh. Iowa, the Hawkeyes. Their win total was set at eight and a half, jumping up a full point from the seven and a half that it opened mm. up with. Wow. Their non con includes a familiar foe utah state at home they then travel to iowa state in a rivalry that i don't know what it's called do you guys the cyhawk is it the cyhawk really
1: The a cyclone and the hawkeye oh i love that cool. okay the i think it's a cyhawk trophy
0: and then they round it out with a mac team in western michigan notable games they have a trip to penn state a trip Ooh. to wisconsin and they also get to play back to back to back Northwestern Rutgers in Illinois. What a stretch.
1: <laughs> and with
0: a win total set of eight and a half, are you guys going over or under?
2: I'm going to go first. I have just a slight under here. I think if it was originally 7.5, it wouldn't have gone over because I have them at winning eight games. But the over under has swollen quite a bit, and I think it's gone a little too far. I think they'll lose to Iowa State, um, the Big Twelve team that I might be partial to. And <laughs> interesting, the the rest of their games aren't too hard, but they do play, you know, at Wisconsin. They do play Michigan State, who could be decent. I don't know, and then they also play at State, which at Penn State, I should say, which will be tough. I had them finishing with eight wins, going eight and four in the regular season.
1: I'm with Dan. I think eight and a half is a much harder number to bet than seven and a half. Um, because I think it's pretty easy to get to eight wins here, but it's that ninth one um that mm-hmm. I'm worried about. Um, for me, the hardest games on the schedule are at Penn State. I don't think you're gonna win that one. Wisconsin and Minnesota before the bye week. I think those are pretty tough, especially going to Madison. That place is gonna be jumping. Um, and then the fourth loss. I mean, maybe you lose to Nebraska, maybe you lose to Iowa State, but I think they can pull them out, especially with Iowa State having their quarterback suspended for gambling. Um, Also, (laughs) did you guys see the video in the bar? I forgot about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, where he's like, don't tell anyone. Don't "Don't tell anyone.
1: (laughs) What the heck? Legendary. But I'm I'm leaning over, and I think it's just because they have an absolute unit of a defense, and their offense picked up a couple of decent – pieces um I mean their quarterback is not going to be Spencer Petras right so that's an addition by subtraction there um (laughs) so I I'm I'm going over here
2: yeah this will be an intriguing intriguing team to watch for for sure I think they could be surprisingly good or they could just
0: be Iowa you know Mm -hmm. that's my opinion I think Iowa is just going to be Iowa when I, I hear Iowa I just automatically assign eight and four so if their win yeah. total is set at 7.5, I'm going over. Or if their win total is set at 8.5 like it is right now, I'm <laughs> going under. Iowa uh-huh. is a funny school, as in, you know, they beat teams, they shouldn't. They lose the teams, they shouldn't. You never know what's going on with Iowa, especially if they can't score more than, like, 15 points per game this year. They're going to struggle <laughs> because the Big Ten is slowly learning how to score touchdowns, especially teams yeah. like Maryland. Now you got a team like Wisconsin with, with Luke Fickle at the helm that, you know, maybe might institute some offense. So because of that, eight and four automatically assigned in it going under.
1: I like that, Joseph. I mean, that is, it's like death taxes. And then Iowa getting their ninth win at 34 to 10 over a West coast school in the citrus bowl or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, we got Maryland here now, cool. Dan, uh, maybe a little partial to this one. I know Dan is a Terps fan. Uh, right, yep. I, yes, Mid
2: Atlantic <laughs> team, you know.
1: Uh, yes, and they have the flag. Um, anyway, win total of seven flag. and a half up from seven. Their non-con is extremely difficult. They play Towson, incredible Ooh. FCS team. Home Charlotte, incredibly <laughs> FBS team, and Virginia, maybe the best team in the ACC. Question mark. Um, <laughs> and, but I said what you did there. Their big 10 schedule does not give them a break. They go to Ohio state. They get Illinois and Northwestern, uh, and Nebraska on the road, uh, Penn state, Michigan. I, it's a tough schedule, but they have some pieces. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Seven and a half over under
0: I'm going under on the Terrapins. Um, I honestly don't think that they're going to be great. Uh, Um, They're going to be better. I mean, I remember when Maryland was basically a lock for going three and nine every year, you know. Mm -hmm, They're going to be bowling. I just don't see them getting to eight wins personally. Uh, Tagovailoa at quarterback, he is good when he's good, but he's also really bad when he's bad. He's wildly inconsistent. (laughs) And Maryland's year is going to depend on early successes or early early failures for him. Because if they have some early successes – They'll do well. I just don't think that it helps that their first few games are at Mich- in conference are at Michigan State and at Ohio State with a break with Indiana between there. That's tough, and I think that could demoralize them. I think that could send Maryland's uh, team on a downward spiral. That's why I'm going under.
2: Yeah, they do have quite a difficult schedule. I didn't realize this until now. I have them starting 5-0. But because their non-com games should be pretty easy. And then they have at Michigan State, which is winnable, and home mm-hmm. against Indiana, with Indiana, which I think they'll be favored in. From there, it gets really difficult, and I think they go um, three and four the rest of the time. But that's enough to get them to eight wins, so I have the over.
1: I'm with Dan here. I'm slightly on the over. I Like Justin said, this is They're just this is the team that is just as volatile as their quarterback is. Uh, -hmm. do you guys remember when he threw like six interceptions in one half against Iowa (laughs) that one game?
0: Yeah, Yeah, uh
1: and then they went and like I it was that same year they like beat somebody good too, and then they lost to Penn State 59 to zero. So, like, this is this is a team that is extremely volatile. I think they're gonna get a dumb win and a dumb loss, uh, but. Overall, I think they're going to get to eight wins. I think they're much improved from what they have been, and I think with just a slight upgrade in consistency at quarterback, I think eight wins is on the table. I'm going over.
2: They're definitely trending in the right direction. For sure. Um, Next up, we have another M team. (laughs) They're doing lots of letters in bunches. Um, This team is north of a certain other team, you might say.
0: See what you did they
2: might say they're up north yeah up north that's, that's true. That team there's a great lake with whom they share their name <laughs> I'll say the name of the Great Lake it's Lake Michigan but I will not <laughs> say the name of this school for Jared's sake
1: that was very respectful Daniel I appreciate it
2: until now it's Michigan
0: <laughs> the Wolverines
1: <laughs>
2: Vegas has Vegas is high on them with a 10.5 game win total which is the highest we've seen so far probably the highest that you're going to see in the big 10 what do you guys make of this team this year it's a safe
0: space jared jared i honestly thought oh, my computer was lagging you can't be doing that to me when i'm on free hotel wi-fi sorry sorry sorry
1: too soon too soon um i I just say,
2: I see a lot of green on your picks, Jared.
0: (laughs) Okay.
1: Unfortunately, yes, there is a lot of green on here. I mean, so Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be suspended for buying a hamburger uh, for the first four (laughs) games. Uh, They play some world beaters uh, in their first four games. They do. Um, They're one of few teams that does not play an FCS team, so everybody has to clap it up because this schedule got to be hard, right? Uh, they yeah, took East no Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers to start the year, all at home. So, that, <laughs>
0: oh, oh, heck yeah!
1: Brutal non-con. Oh, brutal. Them and Georgia are just duking it out for hardest schedules. Um, then they go to Nebraska, to Minnesota, Indiana, at Michigan State. I maybe one of those games. I, you know what? I'll say it. Two or three of those games are going to be close, but, but. They're going to win. The Wolverines are going to win every single one of those games. Then you hit the bye week, come back with Purdue, and then you finish out with at Penn State at Maryland and the game, which is in Ann Arbor this year. I think we'll get to this a little bit later. I think they split the Ohio State and Penn State games. I Ohio State at home. Ohio State is probably the better team quarterback, depending. We'll get to Ohio State later they're a whole nother question mark but (laughs) to happy valley which unfortunately that game is at 10 a.m uh which oh man yeah fox needs to stop big noon saturday because it's killing college football's greatest environments but i think they split it i think they get to 11 um i just don't know which one they win and which one they lose but i think they will go 11 and one uh and hit the
0: over Fair enough. You know, when I saw a win total at 10 and a half for Michigan, that was an automatic over for me. You're telling me that they could lose a game and still get to the over. It's not like Georgia or Alabama who have sometimes had their win total set at 11 or at 11 and a half, you know, mm-hmm. Michigan's going to run through who they need to run through. I mean, <laughs> UNLV and Bowling Green back-to-back might be tough. Ooh. But um, yep. other than that, they're going to run through who they're going to run through. They have, unfortunately, Jared, cover years, cover years, Jared. Um, they have owned Ohio state the past couple of years. And I I just, I don't know if that's going to change given current recruiting, given, um, Ohio state's quarterback situation. And given the fact that Ryan day is still there and Michigan is Ryan day's daddy. Uh, wow. I'm glad Jared is not hearing this. So they might go 12 and 0, but they're definitely getting to an 11 and one over.
1: Um, Jared, you're
0: safe now. Yeah, you're good. Turn on my video, Jared. You're you're good. Okay, headphones are back on. Yeah. Okay, I'm 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 gonna say this with Jared's headphones on. Uh, Michigan is Ryan Day's daddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Justin, you're not wrong. (laughs) We'll get to this later.
2: Oh man. On this. Yeah. Just to add mine, I also have them going over, getting eleven wins. But Jared, you might be happy to hear, I have them starting eleven and out. And finishing with 11 wins. Yes.
1: God bless you. Which means a loss
2: to Ohio State in the game. I almost said a game, but I decided <laughs> to give you the respect. Good job, Dan. Thank The you. game.
0: so right article, Dan, please. <laughs> uh, they do have,
1: I, I will say this, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum are the best running back duo in college football. Hands down. Mm. They, All right. They're the best.
0: Jared's saying nice things about Michigan, so I think it's time to move on. Um, (laughs) We we go to our third M school, Triple M. Uh, We go to Michigan State. Um, They are also in a state that shares a name with a lake. Um, East Lansing. Here it's (laughs) not that pretty of a place, but good for them. Um, The (laughs) the Spartans have a win total set at four and a half, kind of low for a storied program. They're... Uh, non-conference includes Central Michigan at home, Richmond at home, and Washington at home. They have notable games at Ohio State, at Minnesota, Penn State at home, and they also play at Iowa. Not an easy schedule for uh, Mel Tucker. The question is, is Tuck coming? Uh, Uh, define,
1: Define coming, Justin.
0: First, over or under? And then, however you personally define, Tuck
2: coming. Um, Can I just ask one clarifying question? Absolutely. Their over-under is low, so they might be in a tough spot as a program. Are they looking for a new head coach, or do they have someone with whom they're happy with? Um, And what evidence do we have for that?
0: (laughs) There you go. Is Tuck coming? Uh,
1: Or is Tuck going? Currently, uh, as of, what was it, a year and a half ago, two years ago, Mel Tucker, their head coach, who has mm-hmm. led them to one bowl season, um, signed a 10-year, $80 million contract. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I guess you could say they're locked in, Daniel. I see. I guess, I guess you could say they're locked in, whether they like it or not. <laughs> Good question.
2: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. Over under 4.5. I had the over by a half game.
1: Oh, so Tuck is coming.
2: Tuck is coming. They're winning five games this year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have them getting two of those five in the non-con. And then I have them winning at Iowa somehow. Okay. At home against Nebraska. And then at Indiana. The rest of the games, I don't feel very good about them winning. So five and seven this year, just like they went last year, five and seven. Tuck is not coming.
1: Uh, I agree with Dan. Tuck is coming, but not for a bowl game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to beat Central Michigan. He's going to beat Richmond. You're going to beat Rutgers. Uh, and then Nebraska and Indiana, I think, are possible wins. I think I, I think you can get to that. I I think so. Um. Apparently, so I was doing my research for this team and I was looking at the quarterbacks they have behind Peyton Thorne and they're just like some weird name, no names from the middle of nowhere, Kansas kind of stuff, you know, um, mm. but apparently people around the program are saying that they don't care that Peyton Thorne left because he wasn't really that good anyway and the backups can't be any worse. <laughs> so that kind of like changed my mind a little bit. Um, and their running back and O-line are like decent, so they're enough to like, beat the bad teams that they're supposed to so i'm gonna go slight over um it, it's really gonna come down to those minnesota nebraska games can you split them i say they split them and they get one win and then they they hit the over
0: i say tuck ain't coming oh Tuck is coming because <laughs> michigan state sucks um they're bad <laughs> i i this is just one of my they're bad teams that I don't have any explanation other than they're bad um Michigan uh-huh. state unfortunately has um suffered the b y u curse of losing <laughs> the b y u and then having your program fall into absolute shambles and afterwards yep um I just don't think that this is gonna go well for Michigan state and I honestly think that Mel Tucker might be fired halfway through the year. Like that they, they're gonna have to buy him out, which is gonna be crazy. But with the money that they have, they're gonna be able to do it. it <laughs> signing the signing him to a 10-year contract was absolutely mind-boggling. Anyway, going under, they suck. Mel Tucker ain't coming, he going. Uh, that will be an
1: interesting one to watch pan out because the last time they were picked to finish where they were and to win four and a half or five games, they ended up winning eleven games and going to the Peach Bowl and beating Pitt. So uh <laughs> <laughs> it will be indeed. Uh, interesting to watch to see if tuck is coming uh but let's move on that to our last BYU in the and Peach Bowl. it should have been it truly should have been. Bro. uh J- zach wilson just needed one fake slide in there and they would have made it but <laughs> you know can't stop them until they did with the ncaa rule uh so minnesota seven flat seven uh up from six and a half so people have been betting the over um Win 12 of 7, their non-con includes some interesting games. Eastern Michigan at home. Directional Michigan. It's not November, but it's still Directional Michigan School. Then they go to UNC with Drake May Heisman contender. And then they get Louisiana a little bit later at home. So a very interesting non-con. Very fun, to say the least. Some notable games include cross-divisionals against Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. That's not the draw you want. Plus they go to Iowa um, and to Northwestern, which is very, 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 very hard to play at. Um, Anyway, it's a really, really long schedule. (laughs) It is long. And apparently Ohio state fans pee in the hedges. Um, Very, very interesting schedule, but where are you guys going with an over under of exactly
0: seven? I've got an emphatic over on this one. I think Minnesota might be a nine win football team this year. They, They have a lot going on, right? They're new quarterback, new running back, new basically everything on defense. But man, am I going to row that boat? I love PJ Fleck. Ooh. Love that I think he's a good coach and I think he does a lot with a little. I do not like that they are playing a directional Michigan school. Um that's always dangerous. <laughs> always extremely dangerous. Any month, really. But I do think that they get to the over comfortably without even any push insurance. I'm going over.
2: Wow. I'm also taking the over slightly less emphatically. I have them um, getting up to eight wins. So still an over, but not the nine that Justin was saying. Um, Yeah, I I love to row the boat. I think they'll surprise some people this year. I don't have very good reasons to think so. But I just got to go with my gut. I'm taking the over.
1: You guys do this to me every single episode. There's at least one (laughs) team. Where I flip, and I think it's going to be Minnesota. I had them Ooh. at six wins. I had them hitting the under. And the losses I see, uh, six of them, I think UNC at UNC, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Wisconsin. But the more I hear you guys talk about them, the more I remember just like they're just a solid team. Like P.J. Fleck knows what he's doing. Yeah, they have a new quarterback. But I'm thinking about it their quarterback wasn't really all that good the last couple of years. They had the old no. guy that was like looked like he was as old as PJ Fleck. <laughs> um they did have Mohamed Ibrahim who was like absolutely bonkers in the running back department. Um but like I don't know. I I'm going to switch. I'm going over with you guys. Uh baby. Yeah. I hopefully it turns out well but I think they could win that Wisconsin the Illinois game. Uh, yeah. I think 7 is the right number. But I think eight is probably more likely than six. Uh, so, yeah, congrats. You guys have convinced me I'm moving to the over. Oh, thank you.
2: Love it. Uh, let's move on. Out of the M category and into the Ns, we have storage program and first BYU opponent, Nebraska. Oh. Their non-conference includes a game at Colorado. We'll love to see a P5, P5 action, even if it's Nebraska at Colorado. Uh, And then they they play NIU and Louisiana Tech at home. The over-under is at six flat. It came down from six point five. People are not too high on Nebraska. But what do you
1: guys think? This is a super interesting one for me because different teams and different coaches have different styles of like revamping their programs, right? You have Colorado and Deion Sanders. I almost said Deion Smith, but he's the BYU running back. Um, Deion Sanders has like the whole like completely overhaul everything, like, right to the extreme. Matt Rule is kind of the opposite. It's kind of a similar thing he did at Temple when he took over because he turned Temple. If you guys remember College Game Day went to a Notre-Dame Temple game. Well, now, I Remember because wow. me and Dan, like sophomore year, missed out on a Halloween party at school because we wanted to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that um but matt Rowland knows what he's doing but he's doing it in small steps kind of taking uh stock of what they have there not a ton of huge roster turnover more of a culture change i think that culture change will result in more wins i think they'll make a bowl game i just don't see them getting to seven i think you lose to iowa wisconsin maryland illinois michigan and Minnesota. Um, Maybe you snag one, but I think if you do, then you're gonna drop one to the Michigan States or Purdue's or Colorado's or 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 someone, right? So I'm I'm going on the under here just because I think five wins is more likely than seven, but I think six is kind of the right number.
0: Yeah, I see this as a push as well. I think they'll get to six twins. I think that at Colorado game, that week two, is going to be very interesting to see, you know, what Colorado is, if they're good, if Schroeder Sanders is actually a five star guy, if you know, uh, what's his name? Jordan Travis can actually perform versus Power 5 competition. Travis Hunter? And so on so forth. Sorry, yeah, Travis Hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <Travis> Hunter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, th- I see this as a definite push. After the push, I think I'm going to lean under. I just don't see Nebraska winning seven games. I'm going under.
2: Yeah, I have this as a pretty comfortable under. Maybe it's just because I have some sort of sick joy when Nebraska is bad. (laughs) Or maybe it's because they went 4-8 last year and they have a new head coach, but not much else has changed. Uh, But yeah, I I do not see them going bowling this year. I have them getting four wins.
1: Uh, I I do not blame you, Dan. Uh, (laughs) I don't necessarily understand where the sick joy comes from, but I love it. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: don't know either.
1: Uh, something I do want to mention real quick uh, before we move on. Their new quarterback is Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech. Uh, a runner, um, not a, not necessarily a passer. So I'm interested to see how that turns out um, and if he's like the guy moving forward. Uh, just something interesting that I wanted to point out.
0: Let's move on to our second N school. We got oh. Northwestern. Um, oh, baby. Northwestern is a school. Um, Definitely a school, not much of a football program. (laughs) Uh, Their win total is set at three. Their non-con includes University of Texas El Paso at home, Mm. a trip to play Duke, and Howard at home. With a win total set at three, are you guys going over or under?
2: Mm. This one is a hard one for me because it's another 3.0. Win total. I had them getting to three wins, so I think that's the right number. If I had to pick one way or the other, I think I would go with the over. However, I think they'll oh they'll beat Rutgers. They'll definitely <laughs> beat Howard and UTEP. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll beat Duke, or maybe they'll beat someone like I don't know Maryland, Purdue, Illinois. I don't know, but I think four is more likely than two for Northwestern. I'm gonna have to take the over.
1: Interesting, Daniel. Interesting. Uh, I'm going with the under here, and here's why. I see two for sure wins: UTEP and Howard. I think Mm -hmm. the game at Rutgers to start the season. I I think that's a toss up.
2: That might be their most important game of the season.
1: (laughs) It honestly will be. Week one, (laughs) their first week, their first game last year was the only one they won. Uh, Wow. So they might have to get their dubs in early. Um, but they lost head coach Pat's Fitzgerald this summer with the whole hazing allegations, whatever, swirling rumors and whatnot. Um, so kind of, they I kind guess. of had a, a bunch of under-the-radar transfers. Uh, but, I mean, they already have too much to focus on that's outside of football, like grades and dumb stuff when you come to play school. And I think just adding the Pat Fitzgerald thing to the mix will only create more things to distract them from football, much less their studies. So I think there's no chance at four. I think two is much more probable than four. Uh, So give me that under.
0: This one for me is a frick it we ball
1: pick. Oh Oh,
0: yeah. Just no particular reason to it. I just think Northwestern, yeah, sure, why not? Go over. You fire your head coach, who's like a son of the program, who is like this generational talent that you should absolutely be grateful for. Sure, why not? Win four games right after that and crumble into oblivion after. Who knows? Uh, But I do think they have a chance of beating Rutgers, UTEP, Howard. Um, Duke, it's, it's possible, but I think Duke probably has probably a touchdown advantage in that game. Purdue will have a dumb loss later in the year. Who's to say it won't be Northwestern? So mm-hmm. give me the over on the Wildcats.
2: I got one question about Northwestern.
0: Mm. Ooh, love it. Are
2: they going the Vanderbilt direction? You know, uh, strong academic school that found themselves in a amazing football conference. Are they going to go in that direction and kind of stop competing altogether? What do you guys think?
0: The answer is yes, but it's a different route than you're thinking, Dan, in my opinion. Okay. They play the same role that Vanderbilt plays in the SEC as mm-hmm. one of the only private institutions within the conference. Because they are a private school, they provide a tax shield for the conference that mm-hmm. no longer has to disclose all of their financials to um, you know the public because yeah. – they have a private institution among them. So as a tax shield, they are serving for the Big Ten. They are serving the same purpose that Vanderbilt serves in the SEC.
1: I 100% agree. Detail. <laughs> they are just mailing it in and receiving the checks in the mail. That's that's mm-hmm. the exchange. We don't play football at a competitive level, and you give us $100 million a year. And Big Ten's like, deal. <laughs> Um, right. let's let's move ahead to the Ohio oh. State Buckeyes, as uh, Gus Johnson would say. Um, as we know, this is my team, so everybody just buckle up for a second, okay? <laughs> um, you start out the season at Indiana, which is obviously a primetime game because it will be one thirty on CBS, the first Big Ten on CBS game. Uh, it's a banger. Ohio State, Indiana, old-time rivalry, everyone knows it. Then you play Youngstown Uh State at home, uh, Western Kentucky at home, and then you go to Notre Dame to round out that non-conference. Then you get a really early bye at the end of September. And then Big 12 conference play starts for realsies, Uh, Maryland at home, at Purdue, you get Penn State coming to the shoe. Then you go to Wisconsin across the vigil. That one is never easy. At Rutgers, Michigan State at home, Minnesota at home sneaky game right before the game up in Ann Arbor the win total is set at 10 and a half so essentially do you guys think Ohio State will win all of their games or are they going to lose two or one game I what what do you guys think is Ohio State losing one or two games this year or I guess going undefeated
0: This was another easy over for me. You're giving me the chance to say over at 11. They can still lose one game and the over will still hit. I don't see the Ohio State University losing multiple games this year. I do think they'll probably lose one. I'm not exactly sure which one that is yet. If it's going to be against that team up north or against a team like, you know, Rutgers even. Who knows? Um, (laughs) Not Rutgers. Anyway, uh, I do think (laughs) that 11-1 and is the floor for this team, so it's an easy over for me.
2: I have an over as well. I have them going a perfect 12-0, and making the playoff. I will not say what will happen after that, but that's my <laughs> prediction.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate your guys' kind words because, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, I really need them this year. Um, <laughs> so we got Kyle McCord at quarterback. To be honest, I don't think it's been – I don't think there's been a year in my lifetime where I've had this many question marks surrounding the quarterback position at the Ohio state university. Hmm. Like comic Devin Brown, I guess is kind of in the running too, but it's probably going to be comic I just, I don't know. I have no idea. We have the best wide receivers in the country. We have a couple of potentially amazing running backs, but a little underwhelming last year. O-line I'm not very high on. We only have three return starters on the O-line and they're all in the interior. Uh, And so that makes the tackle position a big question mark on the defense. I mean, it's going to be the second year under Jim Leonard, who was from Oklahoma state had the number one defense in the country there. And then came over here last year. It was really, really good, but broke down in crucial moments against the team up North and against the Georgia Bulldogs in the worst game of my professional career. Um, Defense is going to be super aggressive, but can we keep up in the secondary? That's the question. Uh, This is not a two-game schedule, as it has been very often in the past. At Notre Dame, you can't just rule out. Um, I mean, Stanford did go to Notre Dame and beat them, along with Marshall, so I guess it's kind of an easy (laughs) club, but that game was way closer than it should have been last year. And then you get Penn State coming to the shoe. I think that's going to be a very difficult game. Uh, Penn State always shows up for the Ohio State game, no matter what, no matter how good they are. That one's always going to be tough. And then going to Wisconsin, it's probably going to be like raining cats and dogs. And it's going to be like a 35 to 30 game, something weird. And then you have the game. I think we will win 11 games. I think we are going to split the game and the Penn state game. And this is what I have to say about Ryan day. I already want him. I already want him out because he doesn't understand. Oh shoot! He doesn't understand it. It was It was evident in the team's attitude about the game last year after CJ Stroud lost. And they asked him about what the loss means for him. And he's like, I don't think it affects my legacy that I lost to Michigan twice while I was here. It absolutely matters. This is the only game that matters on the entire schedule. I'll pound this into the ground. If Ohio state goes 11 and one every single year and loses to Michigan every single year, that is a complete failure. That is the bottom of the barrel for Ohio state. Uh, uh, John Cooper was fired because he won the Rose Bowl three years in a row and lost to Michigan three years in a row. Like, <laughs> like this guy is incredible that he could not beat Michigan. They fire him. The same has to happen with Ryan Day. He does not. Under Urban Meyer, you could feel the in in the in the locker room in in the way that the players spoke about that game. It was storied. It was spiritual. It was religious. The way they talked about the game. The way they. They revered it and respected their opponent every single year. And Urban Meyer went five and 6 and zero, whatever it was when he was here. Ryan Day doesn't have that same attitude. He's not playing. He's not coaching with the same focus on our entire season is to beat Michigan and then win the Big Ten title after that. Um, because it doesn't really matter about the Big Ten title. You're going to win it no matter who you play. Um, but if he doesn't instill in our team that just fighting desire that we would rather stop living then lose to Michigan again, then I'm completely out and will be completely on the Fire Ryan Day bandwagon. And it was a, I don't care if we win the national championship this year. If we lose to Michigan again this year, it is a complete and utter failure of the Ohio State football season. And I will hold to that no matter what. Nothing will amount to beating Michigan this year, no matter what happens. Uh, And that's my spiel. Amen. God bless America. Go Buckeyes. All right. Wow.
2: <clears throat> that, that's quite something we have um, been be talking something. about Penn State a lot let's move on to them in our preview Las Vegas has them at a tier below the Ohio States and the Michigans in the Big Ten but still very good their win total is 9.5 their non-con includes a game against West Virginia at Backyard. home against Delaware at home and then they play WeMass in. Uh, <laughs> did I say WeMass? <laughs> yeah. So not WeMass, it's UMass <laughs> in the middle of October at home.
0: I think WeMass is their new name now. I love Mass. I, I'm changing it. WeMass is so much better. I don't know
2: what just happened. But uh, I'll start. That's not a very tough non con. Their Big Ten draw they have, their road games are Illinois, Northwestern, Ohio State, which will be hard, and then Maryland and Michigan State, not the hardest road draw. Mm -hmm. Their home games are Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, and Rutgers, also not very hard. I have them going 10-2, losing to the Ohio State and the team up north, and hitting that over.
0: I'm going to have to disagree with you, Dan. I have this team going under. Mm, Yeah, I honestly don't know what's going on here. Um, Other than the fact that I think they'll lose to Michigan and I don't think they'll lose to Ohio State. And I think Illinois is a formidable foe, especially early in the year when they're fully healthy and they can still bang you around like they want to. Um, I think Illinois is going to be a hard team to play against. So I think that might be the third loss. I'm going under on the Penn State pasties. The Penn State pasties. The pasties.
1: Um, I'm very, 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 very high on this Penn State team. I think they're winning 11 games this year. But I'll tell you why. Quarterback Drew Alar, first five-star at Penn State and who knows how long. Uh, the, like, fourth-ranked quarterback in his class. He's very, very, very good. He's a dual-threat player. He's a freaking baller. He's a gunslinger. Uh, hashtag Canceled. Um, he is the missing piece that Penn State has been missing. They've been stuck with Sean Clifford at quarterback, kind of one of the same things as Minnesota, right? Like he's been there for forever, so you kind of respect him and you kind of want to give him the starting nod. But after a year of learning from, albeit savvy, but not very good Sean Clifford, uh, Drew Allard is ready. Running back Singleton and Allen are the second best running back duo in the country behind that team up north. Um, O-line is going to be incredible. The defense is going to be even better than it was last year, which was sixth best in the country. I am very hyped. I think the Iowa game is going to be a tough one, but I think they win. And then I think they're going to split at Ohio State and the team up north. Um, I think they're going to split those games and get to 11 wins. I'm very high on this Penn State team.
0: Wow. We got quite the spread on the Penn State pasties. We do. Let's see Mm. how our other P team does in the Big Ten. We got Purdue, the Boilermakers, otherwise known as the Fighting Drew Breezes. Um, (laughs) Purdue has a win total set at five. Their non-con includes Fresno State at home, a trip to Virginia Tech where they will be entering the Sandman, and then Uh Syracuse in week three. They have notable games such as at Michigan, at Nebraska, and at Iowa. That's kind of not what you want to do if you're Purdue. (laughs) <laughs> especially getting Ohio State at home, Wisconsin at home, and Minnesota at home. Possibly the worst possible draw for Purdue and the Boilermakers, but their one total was set at five. What are you guys going, over or under?
1: I am on the under here, and it's for that exact reason, Justin. They have a brutal schedule. They have a new head coach, Ryan Walters, who's a very defensive-minded guy, which is going to be interesting because they've been an offensive-minded program for the last couple of years, but it's going to be more defensive-minded now. Um, but they did pick up an air raid offensive coordinator plus Hudson card from Texas. So I think they will be competitive, but I just don't see the wins. I just don't see them. There's not, the, not on this schedule, unless there's another schedule somewhere. Um, <laughs> All right, Barton. <laughs> uh, Fresno state dub at Virginia tech Syracuse. Anybody can beat up on the ACC and then Northwestern in Indiana to finish the season, I think are your, your wins. But I, I just don't see a Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. I just don't see another win. Four is way more likely than six. I'm going under.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm with Jared here. I think they're most likely to get five wins, which would be a push. But if I had to go one way or another, I'd probably lean under to four wins. Their Big Ten draw is very difficult. They could even lose to Virginia Tech or Syracuse. And so, yeah, I have the under.
0: So for the exact reason that you guys have the under, I'm going over on Purdue. <laughs> Purdue is one of those schools that just the, – the more you back them into a wall, the harder they fight. I think they're going to go 3-0 in the non-con. They'll beat Fresno State, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse, and then they'll probably win at Northwestern versus Indiana. I'm not high on either of those teams. That already puts them at a push. The, all the remaining seven games are difficult, but you're telling me that all Purdue – has to do is get one dumb win in the middle of November to get that over, I'll take that bet. Give me the over. I don't hate that, Justin. As much as I am
1: confident my my underpick, I do not hate that. I think I could definitely knock off a Minnesota or Nebraska late in the year. Uh, we move ahead to, in a Rutgers, or more affectionately called, Butgers. Uh, Uh win total of four down from four and a half people not really loving this team start out with Northwestern and then they get Temple and Virginia Tech at home uh, in the non-con and then also they get Wagner at Uh home Uh, we know how incredible Wagner is Um, one of the worst teams in FCS by the way if you didn't know Um, win total of exactly four what are you guys choosing over or
0: under Well, let's see. Um, I didn't even go through the schedule on this one. I just automatically assigned an under because there is no way Rutgers is getting the five wins. That's just impossible. (laughs) I've never seen it happen in my lifetime. Maybe it's happened. I don't know. But um, I don't think it'll ever happen again. So give me the under on the Butkers.
2: Yeah, I had the under as well. I think they will sort of plateau at three wins whenever they get those three. I don't know. You never know what will happen with bad teams in college football. But, yeah, I think five wins is out of the question. Four wins is unlikely. I'm going with three.
1: Uh, Yeah, I am also on oh, the under here. I mean, where are the wins? Show me the wins. <laughs> Northwestern, maybe. Temple, maybe. Temple's better than Rutgers, in my opinion, but it's at Rutgers. Virginia Tech, probably not. Wagner, okay. So that one and a half wins, 1.75 wins, Michigan State and Indiana maybe. But, yeah, uh, I do not see it. Um, Oh, just so you know, Justin, in 2011 and 2012, Rutgers won nine games apparently. I did not know this.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were Where they, they members of the Big Ten or were they members, or members of the Big East back then?
1: I think they were in the Big East and then moved to the Big Ten like the year Yeah, thing. so that
0: doesn't count. The Big East was like – as much as I love the Big East, the Big East was fun. It was a G5 conference. It mm. it
1: kind of was. Um, But, yeah, I think we're on agreement. There is nothing to say here about Rutgers. They're terrible. They are definitely not getting five wins.
2: All righty. Let's finish off with Wisconsin – Ooh, Wisconsin. they have a brand new head Wisconsin. coach in Luke Fickle whom they Ooh. coached from Cincy um, their win total is set at 8.5 their non-con includes a power 5 team well oh, used to be <laughs> <laughs> they, play, they play Buffalo and then they play at Washington State and then Georgia Southern their first three games Um, Their Big Ten road games are at Purdue, at Illinois, at Indiana, and at Minnesota. So not particularly difficult there. Their home games include Rutgers, Iowa, Ohio State, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Also doesn't look too bad. What do you guys think about this Wisconsin team this year?
1: I'm pretty high on this Wisconsin team. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I want them to be good again. I want them to be something other than three yards in a clatter dust. But I'm totally buying in. They got the OC Phil Longo from UNC. He is a balls-to-the-wall kind of guy. Air raid out the wazoo. They got Tanner Mordecai from SMU, who like broke all of the SMU passing records last year. And they have Braylon Allen, who's an absolute monster at running back. I'm just really high. I think they're really good at every position. I think they're going to wipe through all of the like not good teams. And then the Minnesota game, just because it's a rivalry game to end the year, Ohio state and Iowa, you probably lose at least one of those games, but still, even if you lose all three of those question mark games for me, it's still nine wins. I'm going over. I'm very high on this Wisconsin team, probably going to end up going six and six because of that, but (laughs) still, give me that over.
2: Oh, man. I'm also high on this team. I think they brought in a lot of good pieces in the offseason in the coaches and players. Um, like you've said, Jared, you've outlined that. They have a pretty easy schedule in the Big Ten. I think they could get up to 10 wins this season,
1: ooh, which ooh.
2: would be a comfortable over. But I feel pretty good about taking the over.
0: I'm gonna disagree with you guys on this one. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going under. Um, I do, guys. I do get your guys' logic, and I do see this easily going over. I just I picked the under, so I gotta stick to my guns. I'm a man of principle. Um, I just think that at Washington State game could go south for them, especially Washington State's proving. You know, we're we belong in the Power Conference. We're gonna beat Wisconsin. You know. That loss alone will probably take them to the under. I think that's probably the make or break game, and it's week two. So that's kind of tough. So, um, yeah, I'm going under. Eight wins for the Badgers.
1: Justin, I can definitely see that. Washington State, definitely, I can just hear their fans right now saying, you should have taken us instead of Washington, yada, yada, yada. Um, But also, like, if they lose that Washington State game, they could very well lose to Georgia Southern, who's going to have a really explosive offense the next week. Um, and then it, from there it could derail the entire season. So I don't think an under is completely out of the question whatsoever. Uh, that does it for our win totals. Um, let's co- highlight a couple of storylines, uh, a couple of superlatives, uh, to get us out of here about the big 10. I'm I'll start off. I, my biggest question for the big 10 is will Ohio state beat Michigan? That is it. That's all I got. Um, what about you guys? What is your biggest question?
2: My biggest question is how many Big Ten teams will make the playoff? Ooh. Will it be one like we usually see? Will it be two? Like we have seen, or will it be zero? Who knows? That's what I'll be looking for out of the Big Ten.
1: That'll be very interesting. If the Big Ten gets zero teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I will be very worried. <laughs>
0: That'll be crazy. That would be extremely interesting. Um my biggest question, just after we did this win totals here is am i sleeping on maryland because uh, no you guys definitely are are, um higher on maryland than i am this year so uh that's uh that's my question are am i sleeping on maryland
2: did you sleep through maryland's
0: restoration (laughs) i I guess we'll see that's what you were Well, what do you guys think are the most important games this year of the Big Ten schedule?
1: I mean. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Jared, do you want to start? I'll just get mine out of the way. It's the game. Dan, take it.
2: Yeah, I think the games between the top three teams in Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, those three games will all be important. The game, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, those will all probably have – playoff ramifications, and they will be must-see TV.
0: I agree. I think Penn State-Michigan is going to be a big one. Um, That's going to be the make-or-break game for Michigan. Are they going to contend for the title again this year or not? That game will decide it. And then Wisconsin versus Iowa is going to be a big one in the Big Ten Mm. West. Not one to be slept on. It's going to be a very interesting game. I think that will be another make-or-break game for the Big Ten West.
1: Uh, let's move on to some over- and underachieving teams, the ones that we chose to either do way better or way worse than what Vegas, or even in this case, their fans are expecting. Dan?
2: Yeah, my overachieving team is Wisconsin. I think the, you know the fans are probably expecting a good amount, but they haven't been as good as most people hope the last few years. I think they'll take a big step forward this year. And then my underachieving teams are, unfortunately, Nebraska, as I've said, <laughs> and Indiana. I think those will both be some disappointing teams in the Big Ten this year.
1: Uh, I do not blame you. <laughs> um, I The over is Penn State. Like I said, I'm very high in this Penn State team. I think they're going to be really, really good. Um, even better than people are saying they're going to be, which is pretty good. Uh, my underachieving team is Illinois. Now, I don't necessarily think they're going to be like just butt booty garbage um but i think given the year they had last year their fans will have raised expectations and they'll have kind of a regression to the mean year uh and it'll be a little disappointing for fans maybe not necessarily per win total or or something else
0: all right. Uh, I'm just going to have to completely disagree with both of you. Uh, my oh. overachieving team is Illinois. I do think oh. that they'll probably win the Big Ten West this year. Oh, Lest wow. let forget they came in second place in the Big Ten West last year. Second and place. It was,
1: it was due to a, like a technicality. It was a tiebreaker.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my underachieving team, I have Wisconsin. I don't think they'll be Ooh. terrible. I do not think that they will be terrible. But I do not um agree with the Luke Fickle Savior thing that we got going on right now. I think mm. Luke Fickle will be good. Uh will be a great coach there even. I just don't think it'll it'll be right away. It's gonna it's gonna take a year or two. So I'm going underachieving for Wisconsin.
1: What about some big names to know? I mean it's the big ten. Obviously we have to throw big in there. Uh but what are some big names that you guys have your eyes on or that our fans and listeners should keep an eye out
0: for as well. First off, you got to remember uh, Tanner Mordecai is in the Big Ten. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Never know how that's going to end up. Uh, my other big name to know is the contract. Oh. Um, Dan and I are on a similar wavelength here, I think. Um, wow. br- <laughs> we got Mr. Ferenc there at Iowa who's got a points per game requirement baked into his contract this year. At a whopping, <laughs> what is it, twenty-four points per game? Twenty-five points per game. Twenty-five points—a whopping twenty-five points per game—they're expecting from the young man. How can you expect a college football team <laughs> to score more than twenty-five points a game? That God. is my big name. Will the Forenses Will the forens survive, or will this point incentive contract be their downfall?
1: No, I'm right with you, Justin. Uh, Brian Ferentz is my name to know. Everybody. Keep a running total. I'm sure there's going to be several Twitter accounts out there that are doing it, but follow the Iowa offense. Will they average 25 points per game this season? Brian Francis' name and job are on the line.
2: Yeah, my name to know is one that you might already know, but it's Ryan Day. Mm. I think he'll he'll be talked about a lot this year, either in a positive or negative light, depending on what happens in the game. <laughs> He might be out of a job at the end of the year, or he might be apologized to and or praised. So he's it's a big year for him.
1: I agree, Dan, that it is a very big year for Ryan Day. You might as well call him Ryan Years. Ooh. <laughs> okay, uh, nice one. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, man. Uh, or, okay. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> On this podcast, we love hot takes. So what are oh. your hot takes for the Big Ten season? What are your bold predictions? Uh, my bold prediction, Penn State will make the
1: playoff. For the first time ever, they'll make the playoff as a one-loss non-champion. Uh, they will only lose one game. It will be in the regular season. And they will. it will be to either Michigan or Ohio State, whoever they lose to will end up going to and winning the Big Ten Championship. And so Penn State will be one of the best teams in the country, make the playoff as a one-loss non-champion.
2: That's pretty bold. Um, Mine kind of goes along with that, but I think the Big Ten will have two teams in the playoff again this year, either Ohio State and Michigan. One of them is basically guaranteed to make it. And then, you know, (laughs) Either Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, you know, whichever one of them doesn't make it, will also make it two of the that three. Didn't, that didn't make sense, but <laughs> yeah, I think two of those three will be making the playoffs.
0: My hot take, bold prediction this year is that something I've already mentioned Illinois will win the Big Ten West. That is the boldest of bold, Justin. Wow, well, that's hot. That, that's very hot.
1: Golden. well, so Justin. Give us your title game in the winner, then uh, if if Illinois is the one that is winning the the Big Ten West
0: this year. Jared, cover your ears again. Um, I say it's Michigan who will win the Big Ten East. I think Michigan will be playing off versus Illinois in the Big Ten championship game, and Michigan will probably win that game. As long as Ryan Day is there, I will give Michigan the edge over Ohio State. So, I say Michigan gets to the championship game and wins it.
1: Justin, that's
0: disgusting, and I hate it, and I do not disagree with you. <laughs> you hate that it's true.
1: I hate that it's yes. true. Um, for me, I I really don't know how this is going to pan out in the East because I think all three of those teams could win it. It's probably going to be like a three-way tie or something, and then they'll have to go to, like, fair play, but who had the least amount of false starts fair called play. on them?
0: Oh, no. Oh, um,
1: no. But I'm going with Ohio State from the east. I have to, right? I have to. Um, and then Wisconsin from the west. I think Wisconsin is going to take the world by storm. Their new offense is going to be something that teams from the Big Ten west have never seen before, uh, and I think they make it to the title game and lose to the Ohio State Buckeyes.
0: The Ohio State Buckeyes. Is – hold on. Is, is Dan there? Did we lose Daniel? I we think we lost Daniel. Dan. Dan 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 has had it with us. Dan has had it. Oh my goodness. Let's see if we can stall for a second to get him back. Um maybe his Wi-Fi cut out. You never know. Yeah, let's uh let's give him the benefit of the doubt and uh
1: let's go through and say the best thing we ate this week. Or today. Let's just do today. What was the today. best thing we ate today,
0: Justin? Um just I know filibuster. That's, 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 All I've had is airport food today. Uh, After this, there is an Outback Steakhouse in the parking lot that I'm going to go to for dinner. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. uh, Yeah, I'll I'll go to Outback.
1: How about yourself? Um, McKinley made, like, a, like, the, you know the spicy Southwest salad in Chick-fil-A? McKinley, like, made, like, a knockoff version that was so good. It was, like, low-key, like, almost better than the original one we just couldn't find like the chile verde sunflower seeds you know that they have in the little packet yeah um but it was incredible absolutely masterpiece uh yeah
0: um but we still don't have Dan. um yeah uh, he's not texting back either hopefully everything's okay over there in new york uh yeah should we check the news real quick just I guess it is, it is 11.15 over there. It's pretty late, man. Maybe he got yelled at by a neighbor or something. Maybe he just, like, went to sleep. <laughs> he just fell asleep on the couch and his phone timed up. Um, okay, I guess we'll just kind of read it off. Dan had Ohio State and uh, uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game.
1: Seems familiar.
0: Uh, and he also had Ohio State winning his Big Ten championship uh, of all the times for Dan to cut out like 45 seconds before the episode <laughs> was going to end was probably the best so uh it was literally right as it was about to end oh Dan says his laptop died oh um, um <laughs> <laughs> what? so do we filibuster a little bit longer or uh, what, I'm what, texting, what are we doing here? this is great podcasting I love this
1: <laughs> okay He says we can just finish up. All right. Uh, Well, there you have it. There's the Big Ten preview. Uh, We are literally like almost two weeks uh, away from football season. Uh, It's been awesome having you guys here with us. Hopefully, you all enjoyed the episode. Make sure you go share it with your friends. Uh, We'd love to grow the community. Really, the the reason we do this is for you guys. Like, we don't get paid. We don't get compensated. All the tedious and, and many hours that we put in researching for all this. Uh, so just, just enjoy it. You know, that's the one thing I ask It's just enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know,
0: Justin, any parting thoughts? Absolutely. Just enjoy it. You know, you don't hear any ads on here. Maybe we'll start doing our fake ads again. Who knows? Those are kind of fun. Those, but, are, those you know, are We're not, we're not making revenue off of here. We're just trying to have fun and we will have fun with you guys um it's it's more fun the more people we have listening the more people we have interacting and responding to our prompts on instagram and twitter so make sure you are sharing the episode with your friend and helping the show grow by leaving a five-star review which will boost it on uh, apple podcasts and spotify and make it available for more byu fans to listen to we love you guys uh dan loves you guys he's texting us that he loves you uh he's sorry that his uh, laptop died but yeah we love you guys
1: Come on now. Bye! <laughs>